0: Welcome to the VR Fitness Insiders podcast for the creators who are building the future of the VR and AR sports and fitness industries that will revolutionize the way the world will play sports, work out, and get fit. With your hosts, Preston Lewis and Ryan DeLuca, the founders of Blackbox VR, who are building the world's first full fitness VR gym and bring decades of experience from creating some of the largest fitness technology companies in the world. They're bringing together the best and brightest minds to help you and your company succeed in the VR fitness revolution. Welcome to the VR Fitness Insider podcast. Today we have a super special guest, uh, one of the OGs of VR (laughs) fitness, Aaron Stanton of the VR Institute of Health and Exercise. Welcome Aaron. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Heck yeah, man. And just to kick it off, why don't you tell the audience who you are and a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm an entrepreneur. Also, I'm the director of what's called the VR Institute of Health and Exercise, working in conjunction with San Francisco State University, kinesiology labs there. And my parents made the mistake of telling me when I was a kid that you should do what you love. She was, you do what you love, because you love it, you'll do lots of it. And because you do lots of it, you'll get good at it. And because you're good at it, somebody will eventually pay you for it. And they made the mistake of telling me that. One of the two things I love more than anything in life was video games and books. <laughs> and so my <laughs> career has been video games and books in one way or another. So founded a company a while back, that was acquired by Apple. I worked in the books publishing industry for quite a while. And then several years ago began Becoming very, very interested in VR and exercise. So I created the VR Health Institute for the purpose of bringing people into the lab and having them play different virtual reality games uh, while well connected to metabolic equipment so that we can see exactly how much uh, calorie energy burn is getting while playing every game.
2: So awesome. So cool. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things we constantly hear about you and the VR Health Institute on CNN and all these major public <laughs> If they're talking about VR fitness, they're going to talk about you guys. But maybe taking a step back. You mentioned getting into VR, like what was it about VR? Like, when did you get into VR? Why were you interested in it? I've been interested in VR
1: since the very, very first kind of early days of VR. And then I got reinterested, of course, during the Kickstarter with Oculus. At that time I was still working in my garage, my first startup. And so it was kind of, it was an interesting thing from a distance. And then after my career progressed a little bit, I kind of became a professional enthusiast. (laughs) If there was a VR related thing, it's probably been in my garage at some point or another. First system I ever got was a Vive, and it was the first time they had controllers for VR units. And I was playing a game called Audio Shield, and Audio Shield is a highly active game where music plays, and you have to use these shields to step left and right to block things. And Steam at some point in time told me I had been playing Audio Shield for for more than 100 hours. And <laughs> I remember seeing them, I thinking kind of two things. Like one is my realization that if this were exercise, and it feels like I'm being exercise, I'm breathing heavy, I'm sweating. Then VR equipment is by far the best exercise equipment I've ever owned because I'd owned an elliptical and a treadmill and a rowing machine. I'd never spent 100 hours on uh, them combined at all, close to it even. And then the second thing that I realized, which was, um, I think, even more important in a way, is that, like, so I was dating at the time. And I remember I was, like, thinking to myself, if I was, like, going on a first date with somebody, I'd probably not lead the conversation by being like, guess what I've been doing with the last 100 hours of my adult life <laughs> <I> was playing <laughs> VR, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was weird in a way, right? Because like, um, I would not have been necessarily afraid to tell somebody that it's been hundred hours playing basketball or baseball, but we had this cultural expectation that, you know, spending hundred hours in a video game is just, is a waste of your life. It's a waste of your time. And so I realized that there was this interesting contradiction that the most effective exercise equipment I'd ever owned was the one I was most embarrassed to admit I used. Because we've spent 20 or 30 years teaching everybody that video games are the enemy of a healthy lifestyle and that's too bad. And so... I don't remember who it was I was writing for at the time, but I wrote an article for like Upload VR or somebody like this, where I just bought a heart rate monitor and I just wrote average heart rate of the top five or six games that I was playing. And the in, the response to it was really really interesting. About seventy percent of people read it and were like, "That's kind of cool, you know, that's neat." And then thirty percent, I would say, were openly hostile. I don't remember all of them,
2: but said, um, yeah,
1: there's like this very very strong gatekeeping. Certainly, people who feel like you have to work hard and earn your physical health, no pain, no gain. If you are able to have the the health benefits of exercise, but actually going through the suffering of exercise, then that's bad. Like you haven't earned it. There is a little bit of a a gatekeeping element there where people want you to do it a certain way. Uh, For the 80% of people who don't get enough exercise in their life, that is not helpful for them. Uh, I don't remember the exact comments, but like remember one in particular saying like, lazy ass gamer, get off the couch, go outside, get a girlfriend, play a sport and be happy for the first time in your life. Something like that. <laughs> That's so close right. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one, and then there are these other kind of categories of comments that are coming in too, which is um, nicer, but, but they'd be like, normally in a response to one of those or somebody would say, no, 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 wait. Nobody's claiming that you're going to lose a lot of weight playing VR. But for those people who are already stationary and not getting a lot of exercise, it's better than nothing. So, you know, good for him. Good for that guy. And I like that person better. <laughs> but, um, but he's also equally wrong. Uh, there is... Absolutely no reason from the data we've seen that, that exercise in VR is somehow less than traditional exercise. And it's always kind of amazed me. You, you watch somebody do 100 squats without VR unit; you know, nobody disagrees. it's exercise you put a VR unit, and have them do those same 100 squats. People are like, "Well, it's not really intense enough." <laughs> and uh, at that point, I became interested in how exactly you scientifically go about demonstrating the energy cost of a new or novel exercise, and came across called the indirect calorimeters. But you guys know this, but when you burn a calorie of energy in your body, you're spending it on consuming oxygen and breaking it into CO2. And so if you measure the ratio of oxygen to CO2 on an inhale breath, and then you breathe out again, and you measure what the ratio shift has been, you can calculate indirectly how many calories your body has had to spend to break the things apart. And it's about as, as close as we have to
2: a reliable, scalable way of getting a calorie, calorie cost or energy. Right. Interesting. People don't realize like, like, where does the fat go when you burn it off? You mm-hmm. breathe it out. You're
1: breathing it out, right? But these machines, wow. these indirect calorimeters, really owned by research institutions, like universities, because they're, they can range in cost, but somewhere on the average, around a hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah. and so I connected with the chair of the kinesiology department at San Francisco state university and who, where we found a lot of kindred spirits. And basically we talked and I said, listen, I think there's an entirely new generation of, of exercise coming and nobody's really paying attention to it. Nobody's studying it yet. So we created what we call the uh, VR health rating system, where we would bring in uh, people to play games, measured, connected to the metabolic equipment, and we would rate the games based on their average uh, energy cost. So is this, is this game a resting equivalent? Is it a walking equivalent or an elliptical equivalent? You know, nobody has trolls looking at an elliptical and saying this is an exercise machine. There are games that are absolutely better than ellipticals in terms of exercise, but people will
2: challenge it. They'll, they'll not believe it. And, but such a smart way to do it is compared to other exercise because you could say, here's how many, you know, METs on the MET scale, or you could say just how many calories, but people don't really know, like, what's an elliptical burning calories and, and how much effort that is. So when you put it like this game is like fast walking or this game is like sprinting, you are it to uh, the exercise that people are familiar with. We get the same kind of comments like on Reddit, you know, forums, and it's exact, you're exactly right. I mean, gatekeeping is such a great way to put it for the, the fitness people because all the time it would be people saying like like you know anytime there's any kind of new way to work out it'd be like why don't you just go squat get chalk on your hands mm-hmm. or, what's the big deal lol and it's like you know hey that's great it works for you even though most of those people what you actually mean in real life are usually off their plan and not as hardcore disciplined as they like to think they are <laughs> yeah. you know but there would be that aspect of it like it has to be this old school way we we grew up with you know arnold and for ignore, or, or the, 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 how you do sports and exercise and, uh, people just couldn't grasp it. And, uh, so it's very interesting. <laughs> saw the same thing. And, and then you did mm-hmm. something about it. Think about like, uh, you know,
1: performance enhancement. Like if you look at like what the cutting edge of research in kinesiology is, it's, it's like, how do you increase the speed of a muscle healing effort and pulled, how do you increase that extra 1%, 3% increase in speed and running and stuff like this. And it's, it's very, very fine focused in that upper percentage of, of, of performance extraction. And that is a, a field where, yes, discipline is like what you need in order to be like, those are very competitive people. Uh, the problem with that is that, again, it, it's not as it work for the majority of people, 70 or 80% of people who are not getting enough exercise. That's not for them. And the reason I'm here is because I'm a horrible exercise.
0: <laughs> I'm <Like, I am laughs> bad at it.
1: I don't stick with it. So... Yeah, new exercise coming along that can be effective in compliance. and Does it actually consume energy and give you exercise when you do it? And is it something you will do a lot of? Those are the two ways we have historically measured the success of exercise in kinesiology. And VR, AR, these sort of things coming online, I think
2: have the ability to completely blow out of water anything that we've seen before. All right. End absolutely. of podcast. I think that was it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's, <laughs> <all>. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I guess a uh, good question. Um, at the Institute. Um, so we kind of learned a little bit about the the reason behind it, the type of testing that you did, and, and kind of the, the high level findings, but just a little bit more about the findings, like what range of exercise did you find? And not only the physiological, but you know, the psychological, you know, some of that is, is anecdotal, like, what, what were the findings that either surprised you or that was common or, or that you guys thought? There's only one
1: thing that surprised me, but I'll come to that one in a second, because everything else, actually aligned up with, to me, what is common sense, uh, which is, yeah, doing the hundred squats with VR on is like doing the hundred squats without the VR on, but with a slightly less heavy head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so for the range, we've found that there's VR games that kind of support this whole spectrum of, of the type of exercise you need to get, right? So first off, I'll say this, that um, with the exception of, of say, Black Box, uh, the vast majority of our work is focused on cardiovascular energy costs. Right, Because uh, when I say that VR can be as good as equipment in the gym, like elliptical and stuff like this, that's not accounting for things like muscle activation or like resistance training and stuff like that. There's a whole category of development that gets to, we get to look forward to building out VR there. What we measure though is primarily like, if you run a mile in this thing, will it be the same as playing a game for an equivalent amount of time in that? And so when you look at it from the cardiovascular one side, Uh, you mentioned the MET scale earlier for anybody who doesn't know what that is. So a metabolic equivalent of task is a a common way to measure energy consumption of various different tasks, abstracting from things like body weight. So there's public databases around the world of like MET score databases of every activity you can possibly imagine measured by MET and MET is a, is a multiplier of MET based metabolic rate. So resting, sitting down is one MET and then standing is on average around two METs, which is two times resting three Mets is three times resting and so forth.
2: And what's funny in that scale, you can go and see things from like playing violin or like, they'll even be like kissing, kissing vigorously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even well, those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we
1: actually, um, worked with a, a team that was uh, a, a VR company. And, and I was talking to them about this and we, and we were like, yeah, so your game falls here. I don't remember what the met score was, but it was higher than the met score for sex. But we joked that the press headline should be, it's like better than sex dot, dot, dot at exercise. <laughs>
0: Um, Um, just to kind of step back a second doing all this research it has been kind of data heavy right and and potentially inaccessible i mean there's the scale we just talked about but go through meta analyses and it's pretty dry and things like that one of the things i like that you guys did that i thought was one of the coolest things was around adoption because in this industry one of the hardest things is to get people to believe in it and to see that it's a legit form of exercise which you guys are doing but not only have you guys been doing the analysis of that What I really liked was the actual infographics and things that you came up with that were actually brandable pieces and parts. I think you you came up with those pretty early on, but then we saw at vrfitnessinsider.com, we saw games starting to adopt those infographics of like equivalent Mm -hmm. of walking, equivalent of this and that, which I thought was super powerful for the industry because it was a great way to just take a baby step in into kind of getting the genie out of the bottle with VR fitness.
2: Yeah, it's such such a true point. And it, I almost think that once the findings came out that you guys published, that was the end of those Reddit comments. <laughs> like it literally was mm-hmm. like the next day, it, those kind of things went away. But I mean, there could be different types of things like, oh, well, you also have to care yeah. about diet, but you guys really did it. And I wanted to know what you were going to say from the other findings, uh, maybe psychological findings are also the surprise, the thing that surprised
1: you. Right. Before you go well, yeah. And, and I also kind of want to finish the, what. so I was talking about the MET score. The reason I was defining that was because I think it's important if, if we can get one thing across to people, it's that the VR and AR is not a secondary form of exercise that you do mm-hmm. when you can't do real exercise. Like even today, I, I catch myself where I like, I'll do something for 45 minutes that I know is good exercise. Um, and, then, and then afterwards feel like I, I didn't really do and uh, then I'm really just, I'm really not putting in the same work that somebody else is doing. Even though I know if I, if I'd run on an elliptical, I would have gotten the worst exercise that I did, but I didn't feel the pain of it. And so if, if there's kind of key things that come across, one of them is that, that there's a really intense exercise out there from the R. And so on the MET score, we, when we measure a game for its, when we rate a game, we rate it, rate it mostly on its MET score, right? Is its MET score the equivalent of running or elliptical or whatever? So I, a normal human pops out with activities around 10, 11, 12 METs. It's about the upper range of what the average person can do for an extended period of time. If you're an athlete, you can give it quite a bit higher than that, but for, for the rest of us, and we've definitely benchmarked games in the 11, 12 Mets range. Which for comparison, by the way, like Thrill the fight, for example, is a boxing game. It's consistently been one of the highest rated, uh, games in, the, in our system. Supernatural recently beat it for the first time in one, one variable. It beat it in an average overall average met score, but it still lost out to it in peak. Sustained MET score. So thrill of the feet had moments that were higher intensity than supernatural, but supernatural over a 30 minute period had a, a higher sustained. To put that in equivalent, like thrill of the fight falls in, in the range of uphill competitive mountain biking, like the Tour de France. Uh, so if you get like the higher end range of these VR games and you play it for 30 minutes, you are, are basically, um, in terms of your cardiovascular stress, you are b- biking in the Tour de France. <laughs> um, That's so crazy, yeah. So really, really intense and. The key to that, though, and here's the part that's that again seems to make less sense to me, but I think a lot of people find it surprising uh, is that people don't realize it. You don't feel it. um, not in the same way. So one of the very first studies done by a graduate student named Dulcie, um, she brought in forty subjects, twenty male, twenty female. Uh, these are mostly kinesiology students. So these are healthy people. These are people who spend their lives studying health and physical fitness. Um, and the first part of the study is they came in and we, we ran through, what's called a VO2 max test, uh, which again, for anybody listening, who might not know what that is, is the closest I can think of to a physical torture that they allow us to do in the lab. You, um, <laughs> you, you, you know, if you're, if you you put somebody on a treadmill in this particular case, and then you hook them into the indirect, to the metabolic carts, and then they, you start running the treadmill very, very slowly and you hook a harness onto them to a thing overhead. So if they fall down, they, they don't hurt themselves. And then you start to ask them on saying on the board scale, which is how much exertion do you feel you're doing? And, and then every time you ask them, you increase the speed or increase the elevation on the the treadmill and you just keep doing that. And the the board scale is the last number on the board scale is the point of collapse. Like when you say that you're at that last number, that means that you are moments away from collapse. You want them to stop immediately because you are going to just melt into the ground. Uh, And that is the way the test ends. That the test continues until you reach that point. That's the point of the VO2 max test. And so um, we do this, right? You measure heart rate and all that sort of stuff. And so the, the idea is to get a benchmark. So when this person is at this heart rate and doing this level of exercise, how do they perceive it on the Borg scale? Is it a lot of exercise with little exercise? So then I had to come back you know, a few days later for the second part of it where they played through three different VR games. And almost every single person in the study at some point in time hit their physical max. You know, so like the point with their body was consuming oxygen faster than they could be supplied. Um, and that they were moments from collapse. Every single person hit that. And then, but not a single person rated it as being higher than a moderate level of exercise when asked them on the board scale, right? So we know that the, the, what they considered to be collapse when they didn't have the VR unit, that same level of energy expenditure when playing VR was not even noticeable to them. In fact, I remember um, one of the guys did this thing and we were kind of cleaning up afterwards and I asked him what he was gonna be doing for the rest of the day. He's like, well, I haven't, I haven't got my exercise routine yet, so they only run over to the gym.
0: It's, it's like, me. like you literally, <laughs> like <laughs> we know, perception. we know for a
1: fact that you just did a lot of exercise, like, yeah, but yeah, it's, and this is one of the, the things we're fighting because the good part about VR is that when you're exercising in it, you don't feel or experience the pain or discomfort of exercise. And that's great. That's one of our upsides. Mm-hmm. The downside is, is then people get out of it and it's like, that wasn't really exercise, was it? Mm-hmm. And so there's this cognitive dissonance between, yes, it is exercise. We're doing something healthy for yourself. And just because you
2: don't suffer from it does not mean it's not good. <laughs> I think you, you almost can't describe better the problem that we have in, in, with VR fitness trying to, to make it a bigger deal. It's like exactly that. Is people will do this hardcore workout and think, oh, either A, just mentally it's not the type of workout I know so I'm supposed to do like over there with those weights. Like with Black Box, we do resistance training. It's mm-hmm. super heavy. I say it's like CrossFit inside a video game. And people still in their minds are like, oh, you know, I have to bring my little nine-year-old to try it out. It's like, no, you know, or people will try yeah. it they'll kill themselves, then they'll say, well, it's not really a gym replacement. And you have to convince yeah. them And that we spent a lot of time trying to do that. But yeah, you nailed it.
0: I think this perfect segue into kind of our next question was, you know, why are VR workouts better for some people than traditional workouts? So like, what are the and, and you touched on some points, but maybe we can go a little bit deeper on just kind of the, the high level, you kind of mentioned pain perception, Is reduced kind of mentioned time dilation but love to kind of hear what your thoughts are on those aspects time
1: dilation is a really interesting one because yes not only do you perceive pain less but you you perceive duration of discomfort as being shorter why is vr better than traditional exercise so i have come to start trying to eliminate the vocabulary of exercise from my life right now we're working on a a project we're referring to as uh, how fit do you get uh, and what it is is the realization that certain games that, especially in this case, the one we're using is Until You Fall, which is a rogue light game. You start at the beginning and play every single time you start the game, you play as far as you can, and then you start again at the beginning. And we realized that that's actually very similar to, say, how a sport works, right? If you show up for a baseball team game, you, you play from the beginning of that game, and then it ends. The next game you show up to, you start at the beginning again. And so we're like, well, that means, in, in a way, going to practice at a baseball game is kind of like taking a run at being the main boss and until you fall. And so we've done a lot of work on looking at hour of exercise, a equals VR game, a, or B, whatever. So we want to look at like seasons, right? Could beating until you fall, which uh, can take lots of hours. I've been participating in this study and I'm, I think I'm at run 85 or something like this. I've, I've been dying over and over again against the last boss and the hardest difficulty of this game. So I've been doing this for a few months. And the question is, if I had been going to a Zumba class for that same period of time, how, what would the physical fitness changes be like? And can I say that beating until you fall, not paying attention to exercise at all, just the process of starting from easy and the level of physical fitness you have to attain in order to beat the very last guy until you fall. Is that comparable to two months of Zumba? And as part of that, I'm on this new kick now where I'm like, I'm just just, I don't tell people I have to exercise today. What I, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to beat until you fall today. I'm going to take a run at the boss. I also uh, talk about this concept of pushless exercise. So as part of the, the kind of the fun side of this experiment beforehand, I went and tried to run up three kilometers and time myself and two things ca- came from it. Like one is that it, I can't remember exactly how long it took me, but let's say it took me somewhere like 35 to 45 minutes to, to run this and record it and stuff like that. And, and I realized that an average run on until you fall is, is about 25 to 35 minutes depending on how far you get through the game. So I, I do that on a regular basis and. And the realization of how much more I hated every single second of running oh, around gosh. that lake, <laughs>
0: <Not a instructor. laughs> I, I was,
1: right. I mean, I, I play that game the same amount of time over and over and over again. And I've never once disliked it a 10th of how much mm-hmm. I was very much aware of how much I didn't want to be running around that lake. Uh, so awareness, we, we refer to that as also the painless minute of exercise, right? That there there's exercise that, you know, a, a running on a treadmill, by itself has some percentage of the minutes you're on that treadmill that you are it's painless and you are not thinking about the discomfort of the exercise or the things you don't like about the exercise and then a treadmill with a game of thrones episode probably has a higher percentage of minutes that are painless uh, and i believe that vr and ar has the potential of being the highest level of painless minutes of any form of exercise ever developed and so like the, the pushless comment is you know, i was running around the lake you're like okay i, I want to stop running but i can't stop until i, I pass that tree way down there right that tree, and oh. then I run to that tree, and then I can let myself rest. And then, yeah, and then you the, you're like, okay, no, just kidding, it's the next tree over. And so you, you come up with these mechanisms to force yourself to overcome yeah. the thing you don't, you don't really want to do, but you feel like you have to, right? Break it into pieces. Yeah, and I, that's pushing, right? You're pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and when, we got, when I get done with the how fit do you get challenge, what I want to be able to say is it was a pushless exercise. Whatever exercise I did or didn't do, I only did the things I wanted to do. <laughs> Right, I didn't force myself to play one more level because I wanted to see how far, like, push and get exercise out of it. I, I, if I, if I want to take another run at the boss because I really, really close to beating that run, I want to take another run right, right then. I could, but if I didn't want to, I didn't. If I died early and only got twenty minutes of exercise that day, I quit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I normally try to get one, you know, three to four runs at beating until you fall in a week. Then I have to go back to the question, right? Like, what is it about VR exercise and, and AR no. exercise like, and stuff really interesting compared to traditional ones? Is that none of what I just described do I feel fit any of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if, if you took away the exercise benefit of running on a treadmill, nobody would run on a treadmill. Absolutely. Yeah, out by lake? Yeah, sure. There might be some people out there running by, or, or around the lake, right? But, but the vast majority of what we think of as setting out to get exercise, is activities that you would not do without the exercise component with the exception of like say sports and stuff like this. So yeah, when I, when I talk about like VR and exercise, I, I think about it from the standpoint, on one level, I think about it from the standpoint of, um, of like this, this painless exercise, this pushless exercise, uh, and whether or not we can get away from this, this mentality that exercise exercise, something you have to seek out, right? It, mm-hmm. It's just something that you should be yeah. getting from the activities you enjoy. Necessary people. Um, okay. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the small answer. But there's yeah. a bigger answer about why you watch.
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think that's great. The other thing that Gub tells into that is you kind of mentioned a few of them, but the show is for the creators as well, right? So what kind of tips do you have for the audience for what they should do or they should look at in creating a good VR fitness title? And then on the other side of the coin, what would you say to avoid? And we're kind of running a little bit out of time. So just, you know, big buckets.
1: So I I will say before we move past the other subject is that um, there's three reasons that people should be interested in VR and exercise. The first of them, which is that it's fun exercise, but that's what everybody else is just starting to discover right now. There's actually two other things in VR and exercise that I think are what make it inevitable to all exercise. fun exercise. That's cool, right? Um, but fun exercise has been around for a while. Like I said, people have played sports. Um, people have everybody's experienced that that playing playing a game when they're a kid, they wake up the next morning and they feel really sore and they didn't realize how much strain they're putting on their body and because they were engaged with their stuff. Like that same mechanism in VR is the same thing that that works back then too, right? So, that's great. Fun exercise is good. Uh, the pain reduction also is beneficial, right? But there's two things that I think make VR and in exercise inevitable to the future of all exercise. And I, and I love that word inevitable, right? With the very first day that electricity caused some sort of movement, its impact on humanity was inevitable, right? I didn't know exactly what the form or the timing or whatever is, but there was no way that we were going to be able to pass up the ability sure. to have electricity do things for us, right? Um, and so I don't use that word lightly. Uh, so there's the two things. One is that VR is the first generation of exercise equipment that is refreshable, right? So if I tell somebody that exercise equipment has a decay rate, like if you buy an elliptical or a treadmill and you bring it home, you will use a lot the first week and you'll use it a little, it a little less the second week and you'll use it a little mm-hmm. less the third week, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually you haven't used it for a long time. And I've tracked this on myself. My three pieces of exercise equipment uh, averaged around 12 to 15 weeks after purchase. Just to the point of never using it again. <laughs> and nobody's surprised by that but what a lot of times people forget is that everything has a decay rate so when i bought my ps4 years ago i played the launch titles that came out a lot right i played destiny I think and i played it till i beat it 60 70 hours and then i have not played a launch title on my ps4 for a very long time i moved on to destiny 2 and once the ps5 has been out for a long time the same thing will happen with it and so the idea that you can create one game that's gonna just Dominate all of of VR exercise for all time. I think is is very very difficult. Even without the exercise component of it, you know the closest I can think of is World of Warcraft, and they've continuously released updates and stuff like this, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I also tracked my VR exercise over a two year period, and and I realized that if you look at it, it's actually still a downhill slope. It's a much slower downhill slope than my traditional exercise, but it basically went like this. But what happens? is You go and they hit the spike, and then it go down a little bit, and a spike, and then you go down again, right? Mm. And so I went back to my Steam history and I looked at my purchase history and overlaid the purchase of games on top of that exercise graph. And it was really, really clear. 100% of the returns to exercise came from a game purchase. It was buying something new mm-hmm. oh, that happened to be exercise. And that's where the longevity comes from. So, VR being the first generation of exercise equipment where you can change it off as you go, you can refresh it with new content and change the experience entirely. I think it's really, really important. Right, um, to again, from a developer standpoint, your other question, I, I think looking for ways that you can, you can provide a diversity of experience to people, I think is really, really important. It's one of the, the defining things. The second and most, or third, I guess, and most important uh, thing about VR that makes it inevitable, I think is what I refer to as responsive exercise. A treadmill has been capable of understanding that you are, you know, heart rate is 120 beats per minute, and it may be capable of understanding mm-hmm. that you're trying to get to Same. 140 beats per minute. But like, what can it do? Right, it can increase the elevation a little bit, but not. It's still just a treadmill, right? But a game, knowing that you're at 120 beats per minute and trying to get to 140 beats per minute, can change everything, right? Monsters can become more aggressive. You can load into a new level with more guys um, during rest periods on a hit routine, right? They can back off. You can you find the shop during the time you need your heart rate to come down, and you're buying Mm -hmm. your new weapons and stuff like this. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's and and it's really cool. So a game being able to know your heart rate know your biometrics, know your targets and dynamically adjust the gameplay as you go to walk you through an optimized exercise routine for you, designed to get the maximum energy out of you it will make AI not only the most interesting, the highest level of painless minutes, but also the most effective in sense of like optimized. But here's, here's the last part that I think is really, really important. So HIT exercise, you have period of high intensity followed by rest, followed by high intensity, followed by rest. And HIT is by far right now, the most popular form of exercise that people do in the world. Um, mm-hmm. but if you asked people, does the average person quit exercise at the peak, like they get there and they're like, I just can't do this anymore. And they, they have throw away their controllers or whatnot. Or do they quit at the trough? They get done with an intense set and they're like, ah, I don't think I can do another one. I'm just going to not start it, Right. Mm-hmm. We have no data. As far as I know about this, I think most traders would guess the trough, right? But we don't know. And probably it's a distribution. Some people are probably rage quitting and some people are, are getting in the trough and they're, they're quitting 10 minutes early because they can't make it through another 15-minute cycle. Um, yeah. We don't know, right? So VR has a very interesting thing about it, which is not only am I adjusting the difficulty and stuff like that to keep you engaged in the game and get you through your target heart rate zones properly, but if I know that you have a 75% chance of quitting early if you die three times in a row, that yeah. you've yeah. died twice, Right. My job as the AI is to keep you at the upper end of what you can do but make sure you don't die a third time, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Or if I know yeah. that
1: you never quit in the middle of a boss battle, right? You always see that through. Can I start you on a five-minute boss battle, two minutes and 30 seconds before we think you're most likely to give up early? Can we get you to do an extra 5, 6, 10% of not only optimized exercise but longer exercise in a way that you actually enjoy? And, and those things together, like those two are what make VR, what we're learning in VR inevitable for all future exercise. And in five years, ten years, you're not gonna walk into a gym that does not have an awareness of you that that we are learning about right now in VR.
2: So true. It's like yeah. you know, there's definitely nothing, nothing else like that out there in traditional exercise in sports. So, and sports. That you're right. It's just I like that word inevitable. I'm gonna I'm gonna be mm-hmm.
1: Stolen from, by the way, if to give it proper image or whatever the term is, from I think any Thanos, Thanos, or whatever Hello, it is, Thanos. You I said. am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I do not, it's, it's, that's why he's my favorite villain.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, snaps his fingers. Nice yep. man, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we could, it sounds like we'd go all the way on, just super fascinating, except to hear your perspective because it's something we've also talked about at Black Box. Like, we have aspects of that as well, right? Like, where we we designed the resistance machine to be. Put the user in a certain rep range with a certain volume to create lean muscle mass and and maximize their cardiovascular health and things like that, so it is true, and it is really cool to see users' eyes light up when they just experience the magic moments of tiny versions of what you're talking about, but yeah, I mean what you described and kind of laid out there as far as a completely adaptive game that is optimized to keep you in those health and fitness sweet spots yeah I'd say I agree it's inevitable and so I wish it was as easy as that, snapping the fingers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, if you could just do that, you could just wish everybody was perpetually healthy and fit.
0: Yeah,
2: that's right. Sure. Really oh, that yeah, a, a little, <laughs> man, so many great notes. Uh, I think uh, I'd like to end a little bit on what's next for you, what's next for the VR Institute. And uh, we'll start with that. And then we'll go into like what you think is next for VR fitness in general. So what's next for you?
1: Sure. What's next for us is the thing that I think is also next for VR fitness in general too, a sense of like, well, what is interesting for one, I think is interesting for the other. And and it goes along the lines of what I just said, right? So we like, as well as kind of rebooting our rating systems to shut down for COVID because the labs at the universities have all Mm -hmm. been locked down for two years. And so we're getting the process of getting those things running again. But that focuses on the responsive exercise component of it. We didn't touch on it much, but we mentioned the stuff about time dilation and understanding the role of things like audio and game rewards and stuff like that. People's duration of exercise uh, and understanding how effectively you can change dynamically gameplay. So what I was going to say earlier is that an AI that walks you through experience is great. An AI that can, can plug into the backend of multiple experiences so that your entire platform of VR becomes a mm. form of an AI powered system is a much more interesting, right? So the exploration we're doing at the, at the vr Health Institute really is around that sort of stuff, trying to build out prototypes to see how dynamic exercise, we'll refer to as motivational AI, uh, AI that has is a sole purpose of trying to make it easier for you to accomplish the things that you know, you want to do have picked for yourself to do, but, but hate doing or, or just don't, aren't getting around to, right?
2: Uh, so yeah, that's where we're focused. Funny, I say BGI is eventually going to kill us all, but I guess before that it's going to get us all like buff and rich.
1: So, okay, here's, here's my, 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 maybe this is what we can end on. Right. But like my philosophy, what AI of the future is going to look like is very, it's, it's again, sometimes different to, to, other people, I'm sure, which is that, I uh, you know, i have you ever seen the movie, her by chance?
0: Yeah, totally. It's
1: great movie. Phoenix. My favorites. Right. Love it. But I, I think that's what people oftentimes this thing is like the best version of a good AI, which is just the smartest person, you know, working 24 hours a day on your behalf. I think the, the implications of the movie are really interesting across the board. Right? What I think is left out of the movie actually is that what really powerful AI is going to be is just like you, that every single person becomes the luckiest damn person on the planet. Right. So, so like for me, uh, the future of AI is, is, you know, you wake up one day and you're you get up and go to work and as you are leaving your front door there's your fresh grocery delivery sitting on the steps and it's four eggs and some bread and whatever and you don't know why you have the eggs there because you never use eggs you put in the fridge and you Mm. you start walking down to work and and right when it starts to rain some guy walks over and hands you an umbrella for no reason just kind of hands it to you and to use the umbrella and right when you get to work some guy comes out and your ai tells you to hand the umbrella to that guy because he's leaving so you don't have to know where to put your, uh, your umbrella and then you go to work and you go throughout the day and you. You come home and about six o'clock the doorbell rings and it's your boss uh, and his wife, and their car is broken down three blocks away. And they, while they're waiting for a repair guy to arrive, turns out the wife's favorite m- meal involves making two eggs. And you statistically will mess up at least two eggs every time you cook, so you break and throw away two eggs. And you have two eggs left to make the perfect dish for her, and they have a great time. You show up to work the next day n- with with information about with some major project coming in and you know all this sort of stuff because. Your AI was talking to their AI. Their AI knew that they had not taken their car in for repairs. There's a statistical non-zero chance of breaking down. So it's been routing them by places that if they broke down, they are near help. And they knew the high possibility it happened this time. It does. You have the food necessary to be delivering the the perfect evening experience for them. Um, So like what I think the future of good AI is, is just like every single time there's a random way that things can fall and that right now sometimes connections made and sometimes they're not all those things will just always land correctly, right? The person who mm-hmm. has extra food and is trying to get rid of it will be able to stick his hand out and the person who needs food will be there to receive it. And so the inefficiencies in the data elements of life will just kind of smooth out like how much of hunger could you get mm-hmm. rid of if you can perfectly know how things balance mm-hmm. out, right? Um, including things like, by the way, like where the statistical odds and slot machines are and
2: stuff like that. <laughs> so, so yeah. um, or if all of a sudden we notice that, uh... There's a whole bunch of toilet paper supplies building up at the local Target. Like I might want to get ready for the next pandemic. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <really> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, a lot
1: of that is going to come down to the AI stuff. Is interesting, but I think if you want to, if you want, if that system wants to eliminate humans, all it has to do is run a bunch of ads online, making it uncool to have two kids,
2: and then wait three hundred years.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. funny. Oh, my God.
2: Well, man, this has been yes, awesome.
0: Thanks so much, Aaron, for joining us. And uh, for any in the audience, if you'd like to get into contact with Aaron, involved in what he's doing, I'll reach out. We'll put all that info he's given us into the show notes. Uh, but yeah, can't thank you enough. Amazing insights. And it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. That's fun.
2: I hope everyone in the world sees this because so much great information, but just shocking and just inevitable. And we're excited to have you as part of this industry. And we can't wait to see what you do next.
0: Yeah, likewise. So, all right. Okay. Thank you guys very much. So Bye, so much. everybody. Thanks for listening to the VR Fitness Insider podcast. Do you know of anyone that should be on our show or have feedback? Don't forget to email us at podcast at vrfitnessinsider.com. And follow us at VR Fitness Insider on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also join our Discord channel. Until next time, keep creating and dreaming up the next big thing that will revolutionize the world of fitness.